1: Shake Them Ropes. Use code ropes Get 100% on your first deposit. Jeff Hawkins, Chris Novembrino. Quick plug for other shows in the VOW family. Chris was a guest on this week's Music of the Mat with our friend Andrew Rich. Doing, I guess we'd call it Halloween adjacent episodes or uh, themes because this is like year four of spooky themes and they've... they're, they're We're at the bottom of the barrel there, Chris. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I noticed that I didn't get Ministry of Darkness or anything like that. Uh, we we got Relic, which, as I found out this week, it's actually Killer Spell backwards.
1: <laughs> yes, that that bit goes a while. Um,
0: yeah, I, 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 we went <laughs> deep on that bit. I, I I went I went to places on that bit that I've never gone in some other bits.
1: Very very true. Uh, We are both musical geeks. I will give a quick uh, rest in peace to one Spencer Davis, passed away at the age of 80. Spencer Davis may not be a household name for you guys, but he had a group, the Spencer Davis Group. It was a college band that uh, go around and play local parties, and uh, one day uh, he decided that uh, he'd bring along the brother of the bass player, a young thirteen-year-old by the name of Steve Winwood to come in and play with them on Little Gaze. Stevie Winwood, Little Stevie Winwood, member of the Spencer Davis Group. At fifteen, wrote their biggest hit "Gimme Some Lovin." Other hits including "I'm a Man" and uh, and uh, "Searchin," which I really like their cover of. But yeah,
0: um, I, I have played "I'm a Man" live with groups like that. They, they are a, they're an important band, uh, Spencer Davis Group. Now, did
1: you play the Spencer uh, Davis version or did you play the Chicago? cover. We played the Spencer okay. Davis
0: version. We, we yeah, we played the Spencer Davis good. version. I, I love that song. Yeah, no, both are good. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's uh, the sound of Spencer Davis group is pretty cool. It's pretty bopping. Um, they they've got some real drive to them. I mean, and obviously just great organ playing throughout. Oh yeah,
1: well, I mean, <laughs> we got this thirteen year old that sounds like Ray Charles. Should we bring him along? Sure. Yeah, let's do that. Um, yeah, and and longtime listeners of this show know I am I am a Steve Winwood Mark. So. Sad news of that. Uh, Chris, we are going to answer some important questions this week. Like, what is the place of musical theater in professional wrestling?
0: I have been struggling with the place for musical theater and podcasting for years. And Jeff, let me just tell you a little something here as we get this show started. Music's important. Um, It can fill our hearts up with um, hope and and sometimes speak to the the sadness of the uh, human condition And some people say that pretty much any comment is more thoughtful and meaningful if it's hit with a bed of music. I think about that sometimes. Do you ever think about things like that, Jeff?
1: Chris, this show was never more popular um, than when I was singing (laughs) entrance themes of various NXT talent, usually female, so...
0: That that is well no, actually, false. The show is never more popular than when we were doing XFL theme <laughs> yeah, songs. That too. So like, like we're about to really kinda cut ourselves off at the knees here with the content of the rest of the show. Uh, because our most successful episodes have been musical. But oh hey, we're a podcast, not a wrestling well, show. I, I was thinking, we're yeah. a podcast about
1: the state of professional wrestling. You are you are correct that our most popular episodes were the U- U- XFL ones. Uh, I was thinking uh, previous lifetime, previous host type of things. Yeah, let's. Uh, you had other hosts? Uh, some guy. Uh, there's a connection in the news to him, so we'll, uh, we'll bring him up possibly. Uh, news this week. The Orange County Department of Health is asking Strike Team to look into 17 business locations in town where they believe COVID-19 might be spreading. Gee, three of those are WWE (laughs) taping sites. The others are bars, including the Guilt Nightclub, where MLW just taped a whole bunch, some gyms and a church, as well as WWE events at Full Sail University at the Amway Arena and WWE events at the WWE Performance Center. Uh, yeah. Um...
0: (laughs) It just seems very, very apparent that WWE has not been taking this situation particularly seriously. And they've been able to get away with this in the state of Florida, which uh, has a reputation for being a little bit more lax on some of this stuff. And uh, I... I feel, though, that I don't there's not know. A weird... I'm amazed that they haven't had a bigger problem on their hands to date. There's a
1: weird thing with this because... As as we've seen, AEW is letting fans in to watch things. So I would think theirs would be a much bigger problem, but I don't think they're in Orange County because they're in Jacksonville. So I think this might just be a county thing. Yeah. Um,
0: no, but I think both organizations uh, have been operating in a way that makes it very likely that they will be snake bit by not being appropriately risk averse. I I still remember about a month ago, uh, my how things change in a month in the world of sports entertainment. Um, But a month ago, I remember Jericho on commentary, just eager as hell to get as many fans into the AEW venue as possible. It seems ill-advised.
1: Yeah. And of course, Jericho went up to Sturgis to play that gig too.
0: Well, I, but but the COVID numbers up in that part of the country are really low, right? Like there's like not like an outbreak or a surge that's been linked back to the Sturgis biker rally.
1: Yeah, I, I'm I'm hesitant that you can do a good job when it's you know you have sure you have your lab techs in the parking lot, you know, shoving a Q-tip up up to your brain to swab it a bit. And hoping it comes back in a half hour. No, I,
0: I I agree with you on this. I I mean this is this is kind of the unfortunate truth with the nature of COVID nineteen as we understand it, which is that you can be carrying the virus and not test positive for being a carrier for days. Um, and, and so that transmission is going to happen, in the only way. To not have that transmission happen is to be risk adverse with how much like contact inside of that six foot bubble we're doing, how many shared services we're sharing and stuff. Because, yeah, dude, even with the most rigorous testing protocol and everything like that, it's still a bit of a roll of the dice. The good testing protocol makes that roll of the dice favorable, but it does not ensure 100% safety.
1: WWE was named by PR News as a winner of a Corporate Social Responsibility Award. They were awarded for...
0: uh, (laughs) Was it for the Kofi Kingston push?
1: (laughs) Quote, in the midst of a global pandemic and social unrest, corporate social responsibility has never been more important. It's become even clearer this year that it's not enough to simply tweet a message of support. Both internal and external stakeholders expect, if not encourage, companies to walk the walk, and prove their statements in actions
0: no this is a great point jeff i i, I know you just want to make fun of this uh, you want to just kind of me poke at the, no. this yeah you you want to say this company's it. not socially responsible here's the thing hawkins here's the thing you're smug and, and you got all these companies out here and, and they're saying "Ooh, black lives matter Ooh, we care about that and then who's beating up antifa wwe Who's actually willing to take some action? Skittles. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, look, no one's going to meet the SpaghettiOs standard of actually caring about things and corporate responsibility. Chef Boyardee's wearing an
1: armband, I think. I think, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I I mean, this is the thing. WWE has risen to the occasion time and again when it comes to social commentary, and I'm glad they're finally getting recognized. I love this company.
1: You want an issues-based show. Shake them ropes is a one for you. Oh goodness. Uh some talent-related. I'm an
0: issues guy. Hawkins.
1: <laughs> I am so not, I guess. Um Kyrie Sane will be providing Japanese commentary for Hell in a Cell. I'm kinda happy about that. It turns out she is the oh, cool. brand ambassador type thing. Uh I miss her. <laughs>
0: No, I I miss her as well. Uh, I, my understanding from foreign commentary, as I have been told over the years here, because I, I don't have much of a sense of it, is that it's a little bit looser and it honestly can make a, a more enjoyable watch because like there's less oversight over to what people are saying. So they're just, you know, kind of doing their thing.
1: WWE has finally gotten into 2017, maybe even earlier. Uh, Lillian Garcia's podcast will join their expanding podcast lineup on the wwe network i actually like this move that they're doing here doing daily podcasts kind of like how sports radio shows are doing simulcasts on espn and things like that the lineup it's not my cup of tea it's
0: weak no the lineup's pretty weak the only thing i'd watch would be the new day show
1: i might watch the alexa bliss show i i find her I, i i find her charming in many ways, but, you know...
0: I'm, I just don't buy the uncool shtick. Yeah. I Like, I, I just yeah. don't feel like this is a person, the, the former cheerleader and gymnast, yeah. who struggled with not fitting in to the point where they were, like, isolated.
1: I, I think I brought this up when that show was announced. I, yeah, I, I have a hard time believing that the captain of the cheerleader, you know, it's like the... uh <laughs> Remember when nerd culture was co- becoming big and, like, every attractive woman who was trying to get a hosting gig put on glasses. I used to read comic books as a kid and you're kind of like, "Uh, hold on there." Doesn't make uh, you an outcast. The, the, the
0: phrase was, "Oh, I I'm kind of a geek." I'm
1: kind of a geek, yeah. It's like, "Hold on. Yeah. I put time okay. in, kids. I, know. <laughs> I I got marching band pictures of myself. Don't don't give me that crap, lady." Um, yeah, but I like the idea. I think the bump is better than people give it credit for too, but at least the problem was like you'd have these for lack of a better term, bad podcast, like Stone Colds for a while. I mean, after after about the first couple of weeks where he was telling harsh truths and they got rid of the first producer, it just became, well, I see on your Wikipedia here that you were, you know, became reading a guy's Wikipedia to him or stuff. And there was so much tight control with Vince, I just don't think Vince cares no, anymore. No, the live
0: ones were really cool, though, right? Like, the, the live Stone Cold podcast, some of which I actually did the captioning on. Oh, um, those were fine. I were, just, those were I meant, a lot I,
1: I meant the ones that you'd download. You'd have that.
0: No, absolutely. Those you'd sucked. have the
1: clean version on Tuesday and then the explicit versions on, on Thursday and then the Thursday ones basically became his hunting buddy every week because nobody else would come on the show. Yeah, it, it, yeah it, it, Vince has kind of lightened control of the reins in order to get more viewers, and if he can, that's fine. I'm not going to watch Sam Roberts' podcast ever, but no, there's an audience, I guess, for it. I don't know.
0: He does have that uh, radio show out in Los Angeles, and that does pretty decent Maybe He's in right? New York. Is he in New York? I know the coast.
1: <laughs> I know major media markets. Yeah, I'm in one. I'm in Dallas. Uh, Fifth. Going to I'll finish up the WWE side of stuff and then the AEW's thing. Uh it looks like Tino Sabatelli won Rob McCarran's favorite wrestler back in NXT after after presumably leaking AEW spoilers like Eric Bischoff coming back. Uh Tino's in his late 30s. I just don't see it happening.
0: No, I I, I mean, what would happening even mean at this point? Like tag team champion?
1: Maybe, but, I mean, they, every time they put him in a tag team program, it's become one of those uh, bickering tag team partner type things.
0: Right. No, I, that's what I'm saying. Is I I, I mean, when we say happening, it, with, a, with a guy like Tino Sabatelli, given the kind of current direction of the company, you don't see him ever as the world champion. The percentage of that is 0.0. It might, it might be um, he just can't
1: progress past the uh, level 4 O-face test. You know, they spent six weeks doing the shock that somebody kicked out of my finisher face for the hard cam. Might be something like that. I don't know.
0: Uh, Uh, That's a tough one.
1: Wrapping up NXT kind of news. Zia Lee, Jeff favorite, uh, will be doing a amateur kickboxing event on pay-per-view tomorrow.
0: I thought she looked really good with the hair braided up. I'm, I'm into week. I mean this I thought I thought that was a, that was a big look um like and it just makes you look more like a a shit kicker man you mm-hmm. look
1: tough yeah, I like it I liked it, it too uh, on the AEW side Ray Phoenix was injured in his match against his brother on Wednesday so Pentagon L0 will be taking his place versus Kenny Omega The camp will be strong in that match
0: Yeah um uh I'm a huge Pentagon fan. Uh and so it has been not the most fun year watching his work uh, ever since he has come to this company. I liked him a lot more in Lucha Underground. Um and I even though they mishandled him there, but like when they were using him right in the first couple of seasons, they were they were using him very well. Uh, now he's um, just playing the hits now. No, me. he's become a WWE cover band. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he, he's the five moves of doom version of Pentagon and like, you know, before it was a little rough around the edges and a little too dependent on the blood and guts, like kind of Ambrosey sort of stuff. But, uh, I, I think that was a market improvement over what he's become now. Omega. Are we talking about Omega now? Or are we talking? Let's we hold we off. Let's we... hold off on that okay. for a second. Okay. Uh,
1: we'll get through sure. these next two things and then we'll get into Graps talk wherever it may take us. Uh, John Reynolds, scary moment in that four-way tag team match, um, knocked out cold appears to be okay though. Uh, yeah. I didn't realize he was out cold at first until until it was like, somebody was saying, man, he's selling for an awfully long time. I was like, yeah, somebody should stomp him to keep up the gimmick, but it turns out, nope, knocked out cold, may a culpa on my part.
0: Yeah. And I just very questionable decisions by i've seen a lot of it laid at the doctor for aew that's fair um they may indeed have a mark doctor but other people who are tasked with the responsibility of the wrestlers in the ring are the other wrestlers in the ring and even more importantly than them the referee whose singular job is out there to you know create the presence in the the allure or the aura of, you know, a neutral proceeding. So it would make perfect sense for him to be keeping an eye on everyone and making sure no one's screwed up. And, you know, in WWE, if anything, they go and check in on you too often. Um, What the hell was happening here on AEW during this match?
1: And in a division with very little depth, Abaddon was injured in her match with Tanara Conti for the AEW dark tapings to appear next week. Uh, I have no further information. Oh, did Take
0: Conti end up joining Dark Order, or I, did they drop that storyline? I,
1: they, well, we're gonna get into that a little bit too, because it appears they've dropped a lot of these Dark Order stories. They've dropped a lot of stories in AEW, uh, and I want to kind of talk about that as a general purview about everything in there. Uh, you, you know,
0: if you're killing a story, you're not dropping it. Let, let me just put it that way. I don't think if killing- it's a really good story, you don't stop telling it midway through.
1: True. So <laughs> I guess WWE first.
0: Yeah, let's talk about sure. this Raw.
1: This Raw was one of the worst Raws since the last worst Raw. I don't
0: know. Yeah, no, let's talk about this because you messaged me this week and you go all time bad Raw. And I make the comment that was not a joke, although it's often hard to tell when I'm writing quickly, um, that there have literally been three of those in the last six weeks that we have we, you and i have I, like looking back through my logs we have made this comment about this show about 50% of the time um and i don't feel wrong about any of those choices um like there was a bad one in august i know there's a bad one in september there has been a bad one here this week in october so like no there there have raw is at just an absolute trough all times in terms of quality. And SmackDown's right there behind it. Let's take a look at this
1: body count on Raw to see who's dead. (laughs) Antifa? Retribution. Dead. Not only do you have T-Bar, I believe it was T-Bar, who submitted to Lashley's lock, then the fiend comes in and single-handedly kills them all. I like
0: to call them socially unconscious in this situation. and, And
1: look, I loved... Ali promo would have been great before you killed him because it's not going to bring him back to life. That's that's the big issue there. Matt Riddle a guy makes a fist a professional MMA fighter gets scared and runs back into the ring to get kicked in the head and then a styles clash dead the women's division the undercard we had to have a four way (laughs) tag match where one of the teams had been drafted to the other show, so the draft dead the entire mid-card women's division (laughs) gets out there and the champs win anyway, and oh by the way Lana got put through another table so that's five weeks in a row dead (laughs) what are we doing
0: here Oh, well, you didn't even you stopped before we got to the incredible musical act on this show. Oh, uh, because what what <laughs> sports entertainment has been needing more of, Jeff? I've been saying this. Lord knows you know it. Uh, mm-hmm. it is is it needs more live musical performances? Um, a straight I, 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 mus- oddly, hold on. A, not, I'm saying this deeply sarcastically here. That. Let me finish the thought.
1: A musical <clears throat> performance by a heel played straight. To plug an album that's actually coming out.
0: Written in kayfabe. Written in kayfabe. If you listen to the lyrics, it is a kayfabe album written in the Elias character's voice.
1: And we reignite the feud between him and the guy who wasn't really the drunk driver.
0: No, and, and Jeff Hardy does the ultimate musician faux pas. I don't care if you don't like the band that's on the stage. You don't go on the stage and start playing in the band. that they do that shit in movies. That's not a cool thing to do in real life. uh and, and I get that it's like wrestling and all of that, but like it, it's it wasn't an endearing move. For Jeff Hardy to like hijack Elias's stupid set play a couple of crappy metal riffs and then hit him over the head with a guitar
1: smackdown <laughs> I don't know if this was good or bad mostly I I liked parts of it whoa
0: whoa 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 whoa! what about El Gran Gordo oh that's right the uh <laughs> you, you just wanted to get off this show too I did not I didn't, did. even get I didn't have yet. well I yeah. also
1: didn't have my list out Quite frankly, but yes, El Gran Gordo Otis under a mask again, why are we having the draft?:
0: No, you want to talk about dead here, the entire lucha Libre division in this company, up to and including Rey Mysterio a bit dead because wearing a mask in this company is a joke. Mm-hmm. It's, a th- it's the I, I heel once and all. it's a thing that a, a bank robber does um except like in this company it kind of is the great fat the the fat man the fat man. Would, would also be yeah 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 the the big fat man i is was the way i would translate and pretending to
1: speak in a foreign tongue when he's given a ham
0: gotta love that yeah, that's funny
1: i just i am <laughs> what else on rod that, that i should that, oh.
0: oh and then we get into the attempt to rebuild braun Strowman which was very feeble
1: yes hootie beat
0: he beat Keith Lee, so we kill Keith Lee in, in two minutes <laughs> and forty three seconds. Dead. <laughs> and, no, 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 no. It gets stupider though, Jeff, oh, because at the end he got of hit the balls. match they start fighting. The they, they, well, they hit each other in the balls, but then like Keith Lee stands over him, and like then they, there's more ball hitting that happens.
1: We had ball jokes on SmackDown. We had fisting jokes. We had pee jokes.
0: Big dick jokes. Yes. I mean, what? what's not the law, dude? So broken. It's I... called sports entertainment, Jeff. Like you don't want wrestling. Wrestling is stupid, and you didn't want a wrestling alternative on AEW. You want more sports entertainment. Yes, and why not? Yes. This shit is great. <laughs> just,
1: like, there's nowhere to go. There's nowhere for me to go. Oh my goodness. Okay. No,
0: there there is no oasis from this mindset, and it's it's pretty draining. Sm- um the KO show with Daniel Bryan. Like, this would be an entertaining thing for me. Uh, I like Kevin Owens. I like Daniel Bryan. But this is written with absolutely no sense of inspiration whatsoever. Can, can I ask uh, something?
1: Why is it every time they reintroduce Daniel Bryan, it's in this you're good, but you're not special mode. It's always with the Kevin Owens is the Sammy Zanes. And I like those guys. It's because
0: they never, ever, ever, ever want to let him catch fire again like he did in 2013. That's exactly
1: it. It always feels like, hey. And then they put him in a multi-man tag match with a bunch of people who are going nowhere other than maybe the Street Profits.
0: But to your point, it's it's like um, an ugly thing that gets put on the wall at the office that's ugly. And you know it's ugly, but you tune it out. But... One day, a couple few years down the line, you remember that, like, you don't like the fact that whatever that thing is on the wall stares you in the face every day. And Daniel Bryan and his, like, routine mid card misusage is-, is that, like, I don't remember it every day, but, like, every so often it kind of comes into stark relief that, like, they will never see Bryan Danielson the way I saw da- Bryan Danielson as, like, a generational talent. Um, I mean, right now, like right now, they're making Orange Cassidy. I see Orange Cassidy, and he reminds me of what Brian Danielson looked like a decade ago when he had the shorter hair and everything. Like, I, I every time I see Cassidy, I think about the way they screwed up Danielson. It pissed.
1: Law and Otis, we <laughs> we had better comedy about Otis representing himself than WWE did. Chris, this was- and that
0: was like. Throw away crap jokes on Shake the Ropes.
1: Yes. This was every bad WWE comedy skit with a few Member Berry references. And ch- how? Okay. We have witnesses to the Money in the Bank match, including Rey Mysterio. How does Rey Mysterio not bring up he was thrown off of a building? That's a laugh line uh, that was line. so weird to that me. That is a huge laugh line that you missed. The Oscar stuff. If Oscar had done gibberish and then brought in an important piece of evidence to <laughs>
0: to help the case, that's... I would have enjoyed her explaining like a videographic breakdown. Like she has videotape and she's trying to explain it. Like it's very obvious what's happening in the in the videotape. Yeah. No, like no, there there's. Ways to do the Oscar speaks in crazy language gimmick uh, that would be less stupid.
1: Don't get me if, wrong. If I popped so for bad. JBL being the judge of quote-unquote wrestler court. I get the inside stuff. Teddy Long, I gotta go pee. Eh. You know, I have a briefcase full of money here. Now, look, the money sound effect made me laugh, but it was such a hokey trope and I just went all of this I mean you could have had if you're gonna do the cheap joke at the end it has to be set up with Otis giving some impassioned legal ease you know citing actual it had to be before JBL
0: made the rule it had to be like it's time for closing statements and Otis gets up and goes I'm looking at you in the eyes right now judge and Tucky thank you for being here and this money in the big contract is so important to me. And then after he gets done doing whatever he's doing, I mean, a like long, then,
1: passionate, yeah. citing you know, we, uh, citing actual cases. medicine versus Madison*
0: opened up the possibility for judicial review.
1: Yes. <laughs> blah 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 blah. Well, you know, Ms. just gave me a million bucks <laughs> I favor him. Boom.
0: Out. Yeah, yeah. My 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 closing statement here, and then yeah, yes, like, but.
1: It should yeah. be the closing statement. That should be the closing statement. It was statement.
0: So, it, it was a dumb, lazy gimmick oh. that, like, was... I wanted
1: this to be so much more. I did. I, I just... I, I, I put too much faith. They just
0: don't have any depth to Otis. Well, no, this, I, was, I was, mean, written, like, this
1: was written for Vince to laugh as opposed yeah. to an actual good comedy sketch. And that's the difference. When you're writing for your... You know, there's a difference between popping the room and writing good comedy. And this was popping good No, pop and, and
0: this is very... I would argue that a lot of the comments...
1: Mm-hmm. All right, Aunt Pam. There's going to be a lot of this. Uh, I got to kill my darlings this week, Chris, and I'm not feeling good about this.
0: Well, can we... Do we do Lars and Shorty G next? Oh, let's... Yes,
1: let, let's hold off my, my... Oh, God. Lars with the... <laughs> First, Just first for men, is Bian- where is that sponsorship Bianca- again?
0: Before we got get into that, real quickly, Bianca Belair and Zelina Vega had an all-time clunker of a match. Yeah. Like this was this is bad. This is this is actively very, <laughs> very bad. Vega should not have be in this position against Bianca Belair because what you're trying to do right now is build up Bianca Belair as a stud athlete. And insofar as that was the mission. This song... We're getting
1: 24 weeks of Zelina Vega and Billy Kay get killed by Bianca Belair. Uh,
0: Boy, I hope the matches get better then. Um, Also, like, not for nothing, Bianca, there are a few times where Zelina's off her feet and under the care of Bianca Belair, and she's throwing Zelina around in not very safe-looking ways. Um, Some of those... The, the one bump where Zelina was looking like she might be taking a dump over the ropes to the floor, uh, but it, and then, like, kind of just like kind of grabbed herself on the turnbuckle there. That looked dicey.
1: All right. So, <laughs> Shorty G goes in against the newly quaffed beard of Lars Sullivan. Freak count 11 per Sean Ross App of Fightful. And then quits, <laughs> much like Austin Theory quit on Wednesday.
0: I mean, what's important here to remember is that Shorty G, now Chad Gable, again, thank God, um, it is undrafted right now, and so this was supposed to be some sort of proving grounds moment for him. And uh, what got proven to him is he's not good enough.
1: Yes, he will get. He'll get a ceremonial win over some member of (laughs) oh wait who i was trying to think who's the luchador who's on smackdown now and i think it's callisto so i I figure he'll beat callisto for a week and then it's just back to losing again because he's small right we're not doing anything with this
0: the promo backstage where he's talking to pierce um and and he's like they don't you know they don't respect short guys blah, blah blah i'm like But they don't. And he has a Um, big,
1: long something.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. well, he has a long. uh, Well, we're going to get the next part of this is he is going to get rebuilt now as a heel with a big, long record. Maybe we get an intersection with him and Kurt Angle. This is Crash Holly, isn't it? If there's any hope for Chad Gable whatsoever, it's that he gets himself aligned with Kurt Angle sooner rather than later. We're, um, we're
1: both here for Gable being a short buzzsaw who just kills guys. But they don't do that in this company. And I don't nope. I don't want people to get their hopes up here. I I look, he's going to be there's something that's going to go on with this gimmick that's comedy related. This isn't this isn't him born again hardcore. I don't think.
0: Right? Yeah. I I, I don't I don't think but it's kind of impossible to all, like fully know too with this company because you know they go one way and then they go another way. One thing that does seem for sure though is the shorty G gimmick is dead, um, and that's certainly a positive. Uh, like it, I mean the shorty.
1: Well, it, it came very close to the how they rebranded Bailey with that promo because they were talking about the you can be anything you want to be if you try type thing, it feels like they may be going that direction and they may be doing a little bit of, like, they might rip off the Tim Thatcher vignettes.
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay, so here's an interesting... I don't think they're going... Little Jeff Jarrett
1: as an MMA fighter Gable thing.
0: and Thatcher paired together actually has some intrigue. I'd I'd, so. would do, I'd love that. And, and, and he did say he was quitting, so he might be going back down to NXT.
1: Let's just put Thatcher, Gulak, and Gable together. Give them something to do. I'm into that. I mean, that, that would be my... Se- if I were running a wrestling company, that's what I do. But we are running a sports entertainment brand,
0: Chris. We review sports entertainment every yes. week. We don't watch wrestling no, shows. No, we don't
1: watch wrestling shows. There's none of that here.
0: Yeah, not here in America. All right,
1: I've... I've, I've
0: Bailey, you get, go. Aunt
1: Pam. Aunt Pam did not cut a great promo this week. That segment, the go-home for the Hell in a Cell... A match we have waited three years for. The hottest feud that could have been in WWE. A feud they held off on, which made it even more potent when they were going to break up. Came down to her dropping her belt when she tried to hit Sasha with a chair. And getting choked into signing the contract.
0: Oh boy, that crossface looked like crap too. I... Yeah, I... <laughs> I in in their head when they were discussing this spot, they're like, yeah, and then I'm going to have you mangled through the chair and you're going to be bent. You're going to be all contorted, all wear your face, You'd be like, Ugh. and then like in practice, it looked like that.
1: If they are the plan for WrestleMania. This match shouldn't even be happening, in my opinion, which is why when we get to our picks, I'm going to say what I think is going to happen here but the buzz on this match look i am going to watch that special tomorrow on the network i think it's going to be a great special if it's not k fabe the chronicle on bailey in this new heel roll or whatever i don't have high hopes i think it's going to be i think it's going to be very in character but we should be clamoring over this match and i just don't feel it i don't feel anything for any of these hell in the cell matches except no, maybe no because
0: Sasha's story as her, as the protagonist, is utterly uninspiring. Yes, it, 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 there's nothing to like about it. Even if you want to, just kind of really drape yourself in the kayfabe. The most you have to latch to is, will G Bailey attack Sasha? But that doesn't even get you to sympathetic babyface. That gets you to like, I get why that person wants to hit them back. But you know, like, you know. I get why Johnny punched Joey and Joey wants to punch Johnny. It doesn't make me like Joey. It doesn't
1: feel like lifelong friends coming to a head.
0: That's also true. Uh, this is very bloodless. Yes. Um, yeah, like it, it was very by the number. It doesn't
1: feel like the co- conflictedness would be there, you know, of lifelong friends fighting each other.
0: It, Bailey doesn't have a disdain for Sasha yes. Banks that I think she needs to have.
1: Bailey doesn't have the disdain. Sasha doesn't have the remorse. Because she's the good guy here. She should be a little bit Yeah,
0: Sasha's all too eager to be ruthless on this. Yes. Like Um After she finishes weaving Bailey through a chair and making Bailey in the chair one, as she's walking out of the ring with her back turned to Bailey, we should see her looking a little distressed.
1: I agree. Yeah, and there was a little bit of this in the contract signing at first, but they didn't follow up on it, so it, we we misread it, or I misread it. I thought they were, I thought this was the path they were going to go, but uh, no, instead it's a it's kind of a. I thought that promo was just poorly worded. Let's put it that way. That was just a bad promo, and and yeah. and, and then and then it's uh, why do you keep hitting yourself? Why do you keep hitting yourself? Here, sign this contract, and I'm just like yeah. I thought there'd be something clever. You know, at, at least, it, I mean, it, look, at least it wasn't, I'll give you the belt back if you sign the contract, which it basically was, but...
0: There, there I was, think, there you was know, this- a better way of doing this, right, is sign the contract or I break your ankle or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, Sasha gets a limb or something in, in the vice that is the chair and is basically forcing Bailey to sign the contract or lose her ankle with the implication being, um, this would be put over on commentary. Oh, if Sasha Banks breaks Bailey's ankle, then she'll be stripped of the title. Uh, like, so Bailey has to make this decision sort of out of a rational choice.
1: Agreed. We'll get our picks in a second. want to give a shout out to our sponsor, bookie, Between the NFL, college ball, and, and the Major League Baseball playoffs, World Series going on right now, Chris, give me a score check real quick. There's no shortage of games to watch, and with thousands of lines available on all your favorite sports and events, you can turn your game day into payday with my bookie. If you're the type of guy who likes to back the big favorites, consider putting a couple in a parlay for a much bigger payout. Not only do parlays make meaningless games exciting, but more importantly, they give you a chance to turn ordinary bets into a real moneymaker. I can, I can confirm. And don't forget the underdogs. They have a ton of value. The thing about the NFL is that underdogs are never really dogs on Sunday. Every team truly has a chance to win, and you do too. Game spreads, championship futures, and player prop bets. It's never too late to get in on the action and start turning your sports knowledge into actual cash in your wallet. Sign up at MyBookie, and when you do, use our promo code ROPES to claim a deposit match dollar for dollar all the way up to 1000 bucks. It's a bonus designed to give you a little help and a head start on your winning season. That's promo code Ropes, R-O-P-E-S, for you to claim your bonus when you make your deposit. Stacked UFC cards, presidential prop bets, all the major sports and more. Sign up today to begin your winning season exclusively at MyBookie. And we thank them for their continued patronage for the next few months. Love those guys. All right, what's the score of the World Series game?
0: Oh, it's 6-2.
1: Yes. Okay.
0: Good. Yeah, I'm working on becoming a baseball organist. I I, that that (laughs) lick I'm gonna it's gonna need some work though.
1: (laughs) I love those guys. They they know a lot more tunes than you think. It's like okay, play this. Cool. Um. Yeah. So Sunday hell in a cell. The. The lethal lockdown of WWE, which... uh,
0: I actually went to a TNA lockdown uh, pay-per-view event live. Uh, It was good, Uh, and they ran it in Fort Worth. It was, like, totally a bumpkin show. It was actually very good.
1: Uh, I expect more filler to be added in. Maybe some tag matches, because right now I believe we only have uh, five matches, six matches, or no, five matches, I was correct. Somebody's actually updated the wiki. Three of those are Helena in a Cell, so I assume there will be some cooldown matches. Maybe, you know, maybe Lana versus oh, so Asuka. Although her business is
0: going to be up in here. Yeah, we'll have a uh, Lana versus Nia Jax match, maybe. <laughs> well, I mean, like, look No, I got <laughs> it,
1: Chris. I got it. Between every what? match, Lana should be put through a table.
0: It would be very <laughs> funny if, like, Lana was, like, just murdered throughout the entire show. I- I'm with you I'm on here
1: that. for that. And at the end of the night, she climbs on top of the cage and she drops an elbow off of somebody and becomes hardcore. I'm,
0: yes. Pretty, the Lana born again hardcore stuff. Let's do this. I think she should win the Hell in the Cell match between Bailey and Sasha. <laughs> Lana leaves as champion. That's
1: hell. Otis, your Money in the Bank contract holder with Tucker, taking on The Miz with John Morrison in a singles match for the Money in the Bank contract.
0: Tucker screwing Otis over you
1: think Tucker screwing Otis I think Mandy screwing Otis nevertheless Otis is getting screwed right
0: oh yeah no 100 I mean are you sure
1: about this because there's part of me that thinks you could feed Otis to Roman Reigns
0: I like okay so there's the other part of that is I actually seeing Tucker inserted here Very much makes me have my doubts. And Tucker keeps saying things like, Otis is not that smart. Um, Like, they're clearly planting this seed about, like, Tucker tolerating Otis and Otis loving Tucker. Um, Maybe more than toleration. But, like, you know how, like, sometimes one person cares about the other person more. um, But, like, in order of magnitude. Um, That's definitely the story they're doing here with Otis and Tucker. Um, But, I think, I think he wins. Otis I think yeah I think Otis wins
1: okay I will uh man I've been thinking about it because the Miz is the Miz is that guy who would get this contract cash in at the end of the night probably get RKO'd by Randy Orton before getting Claymore kicked by Drew McIntyre and they'd think that they had made Drew McIntyre by doing that uh, but you know let's they are different brands right now right I have right. said that he will give up this contract to go be on Raw. Oh, it's just so hard because there's just so many. why, bad why does moves. he have
0: to give up the contract to be on Raw? Because
1: he's on a separate brand right now. Like He could he could be the one like, to cash in. He could cash in against Drew McIntyre if you'd like. Yeah, he could cash in on Raw. Okay. But he's not he gonna win, win the belt, t- but he doesn't if he loses, he doesn't get to stay on the show.
0: I still think he should cash in for the 24-7 title.
1: He might. That, that is a distinct possibility, Chris. There's a distinct possibility that Otis, the big lovable galoot, is going to cash in on a lesser title.
0: I, I still... No, because to your point, um, while in a better booked company, there would be a lot of intrigue for heel Roman Reigns. Although this is it's for it's for the world
1: title of your choice, I think. I think that's part of the Right,
0: contract. all right, all right, so... In a different company, there would be a lot of intrigue for heel Roman Reigns versus babyface, lovable underdog Tucker. Yes, Otis. But this company has chosen to portray Otis and Roman Reigns. They have the uh, they have the Cameron Grimes syndrome. I love Cameron Grimes, uh, but like the the Cameron Grimes syndrome, you got an okay flavor, and you've now you you, you do. I like curry a lot, but like, you know, like with curry, like a little bit of curry is fantastic, but like too much curry powder, like ruins anything. Um, like, like they, they've gone curry powder on Otis and they've gone curry powder on Roman Reigns with the tribal chief stuff too. So I don't know how much intrigue there really is for Otis versus Roman Reigns.
1: I'm going to say Otis wins this. Probably through chicanery, which will make Miz even angrier.
0: Uh, maybe Mandy comes down and actually saves the day.
1: Yeah, and then uh, and then Otis gets killed by Roman eventually. I think that's going to be the move. Okay. Jeff Hardy taking on Elias in the only singles match that doesn't have a stipulation of any kind. I think Elias gets DQ'd for hitting Jeff Hardy with a guitar.
0: Ooh, maybe this gets turned into a hardcore match.
1: I don't think it does.
0: I, I think I think
1: we get the hardcore match at TLC next uh, in December, maybe or November. Whenever, yeah, right. No,
0: we'll have like oh, an American no, band Series. Is we'll is have like one. an American bandstand style oh, match yeah. <laughs> or something like that.
1: <laughs> yeah, one of those dumb things where guitars are hanging all over the ring, and you can pick. Yeah. Uh, so you got winning this.
0: Ah, uh, not my self interest. Uh, I'll, I'll say Elias. I, 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 no, I. Elias is standing at the end of this match, but he might lose it by DQ. Aunt
1: Pam, Bailey, the champion, taking on Sasha Banks, Hell in a Cell, WWE SmackDown Women's Championship, three years in the making. Can you hear the disappointment in my voice? This is going to be the Hell in a Cell with the screw job. This is going to be someone coming in and winning and winning this match for Bailey somehow. I think, and then they can move one of those away. I don't see this ending cleanly. I don't see. Some, I mean, the you could give the titles to Sasha. Here. That's the problem. You could, but you have. The rookie on the come, so to speak, in, in in Bianca Belair, that you can always build a feud with Bailey with, better than Sasha. I just I, I could see Charlotte coming back here. I could see any motion of things. I can't see this being the blow off.
0: Chris, yeah, I I don't think it should be. Um, I don't think it will be.
1: I don't so, I don't think it's gonna, gonna be I don't think Bailey wins, yeah, I don't think it's gonna be like Seth Rollins pulling out a giant hammer and <laughs> hitting the fiend in the face with it, but I know
0: I think we'll be getting that more in the main event. I think we'll be getting more shenanigans and stuff with Roman and Jay Uso. but this
1: feels like non finish screw finish, something like that, but
0: uh, it's not gonna be conclusive, so I'm gonna go with Bailey retains,
1: okay, I will too. Uh Drew McIntyre taking on Randall K Orton in a Hell in a Cell match for the WWE Championship. I think Randy's going home with the title.
0: Yeah, I think I think he has to cuz like there has to be a title change between these three matches and it's It seems like maybe it's time to put drew in the chase of Randy and Randy has like a short transitional title run on his March to getting to whatever number he needs to get to. What's he at? Like 13. I think so. Yeah. Like, so he does need to get a few title reigns around here. So I'm going to go ahead and say, yeah, Randy wins the title, but I don't. Randy as like top champion or whatever. I don't think they're going to do it for a very long time. Is this, but they might do it. They might do it through to rumble.
1: Is this clean or chicanery?
0: it got to be chicanery, right? Ric like, Flair. Like he's got he, he, something. some, no, um, maybe his dad or something. Bull, Bob. I don't know. There's um, going to be so
1: so much crap in the Roman Reigns match that I just, Oh, they need God, to have dude, one. Already, they need we, to have we one. We didn't talk
0: a, about the SmackDown seg. I was saving it from when we get to the Roman.
1: Reigns. Okay.
0: And, but, uh, so, uh I'm going to say Randy wins. I'm I'm like icy on that one. I, this is just a feud that I, I could see Sasha winning
1: in. and then they just keep the belt on Drew.
0: Right, yeah, that's the other way. I could see Sasha wins the title and then they keep it on Drew. In the fact, Randy I'm Orton... going
1: back. I'm going to say Sasha wins that title because they they're going to try and put a bow on the story.
0: Sure. Okay. So then um yeah, the Randy Orton feud in my opinion has just it's lost a lot of steam. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it seems like the writers have lost interest in it. Uh, and they seem yeah. more interested in Bailey and Sasha than they do Drew and Randy, which is why we get these running in place week to weeks. I'm going to say Drew wins. You talked me into it.
1: I will say that as well. And then finally, Roman Reigns with Paul Heyman taking on Jay Uso in an I quit Hell in a Cell.
0: Can't wait to say new world champion Jay Uso.
1: If Jay loses, he and Jimmy and all their entire family members are out of the tribe.
0: <laughs> Unless Jimmy and Jay kneel in submission before Roman.
1: Yes. And uh, that
0: was that, that the other part of that stipulation.
1: The Usos are going to become Roman Reigns' reluctant henchmen. Yeah. I think the tribe is going to happen. I think Usos are going to be the red shirts for Roman for a while. I think you're gonna get a little bit of that Shawn Michaels working for JBL type of vibe type thing. But yes, Roman Reigns is going to make Jay say I quit, probably by threatening Jimmy.
0: That that's been my angle is is that like we're gonna take advantage of Jimmy's injuries, and like that's how we're gonna break Jay's spirit. But man, they have just made Jay Uso so unsympathetic because not like he's like, not like you hate him, but it's like, you can see what's coming for Jay and Jay's a grown ass man. So you'd kind of expect him to be able to see this coming for himself as well. It'd be one thing. If Roman was doing this to his cousins who were like 20, he is doing this to his cousins who are in their mid 30s mm-hmm.
1: Okay, <laughs> I thought you had more after oh, that. Oh, no,
0: Roman's going to win. <laughs> <laughs> I think Roman retains you, Jeff.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I thought you had more on on your bit there. Um, no, no,
0: yeah, no, I got nothing else.
1: Yeah, so that's Hell in a self preview. Uh, I want to get off of WWE, but I, I feel the need to go quickly into something I liked in NXT. I don't want to go blow by blow. By oh this no. Movie.
0: no, no no no. Well, yeah, let's talk a little bit about NXT, because NXT was good. It was like the best show of the week. Yeah,
1: I would agree. I love Johnny Gargano and that vignette. Yeah. I love him with the wheel and being frustrated trying to plan a strategy by practicing with the wheel. That was Oh, I'm going to die. That's a great. Yeah. That's a great
0: kid. Yeah, you know, like, uh,
1: that was comedy done
0: well. Yes. No, um I, he gets a bad rap for not for not having enough personality. I think Johnny has plenty of personality. I think Candace has plenty of personality. And, it totally works for me.
1: And credit where due, they got out of the corner they painted themselves in with the Ridge Holland situation.
0: Dude, inspired writing out of the Ridge Holland situation. Yes. Because they found a way to make all of this stuff make perfect sense. So, for those of you who didn't see this... um. Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch defeated Brizongo, the transitional champions, here to win the tag team champion. So the belts are now on. Real guys, Burch and Lorcan, awesome. Cool. During the course of this match, Pat McAfee comes out from the bottom of the ring. He's wearing some like weird iron mask. It looked thing like, like a
1: retribution reject costume. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Only they forgot to cut out the eye holes. Yes. Uh, yeah, um, so he's wearing this mask and he comes out and runs interference on behalf of Birch and Lorkin. So they turn heel during the course of this. And then we see that it's Pat McAfee. He's back because he's still got unfinished business with Adam Cole. Um and They kind of wrote themselves into a corner on who's the babyface and who's the heel between Cole and McAfee. They're just two guys who hate each other um, was kind of the final storyline. And now that makes perfect sense as we come back around here. Who's got the money to pay off Ridge Holland? Well, very successful radio show host guy, Pat McAfee. A man who has made a million
1: dollars in seven different ventures.
0: Right, and he said that up front, too. And now you're building up to potentially a very, very cool four-on-four match down the line between the Undisputed Era versus Birch, Lorkin, Ridge Holland, and Pat McAfee. Both of those teams can work. Oh, that's, not, not, ha- that's not happening about-
1: for a long, long time, Chris, because Ridge, uh, Ridge is on the shelf for a long time.
0: Uh, oh, what's, what's Ridge's injury?
1: Uh, there there's There's some torn muscles in there.
0: You know, sometimes you cut me off and it's a bit gets me. But, uh, but in this case, that's was probably useful. Yeah, I didn't, want
1: you, I didn't want you to go down that path. I, I think there was like one dislocated knee, but on the other knee, I believe it was a torn ACL. But
0: man, okay, so like that might actually be like nine to ten months, so it might not, it might not fit in timetable wise. But you could still bring in a fourth person if you want, yeah. Um, and, and then build to a four-on-four feud between the Undisputed Era and um the, the McAfee faction. They had the they had to
1: get out of the shifty looks of Bobby Fish and Roderick Strong, and so they did it by having each get beat up at a separate time, and us thinking it was staged. And it turns out it was all a red herring. Your word inspired was correct. It was, you know, what we say about WWE mysteries, it's usually the guy you think all along, or it's someone you totally, totally shouldn't be. This time it made sense because it was someone it should be. So yes, that is a mystery done correct. Well done to the NXT team for doing that
0: really really nice emergency rewrite um really really nice uh ember moon's uh slowly kind of going heel we had like a little match against uh jesse cameo where we saw more heelishness uh more uh, submissiony style i don't think it's a heel turn.
1: i don't think it's a heel turn though you don't I think...
0: th- really i think it is i think she's eventually going heel I-, I i just don't think you work a submission style like that
1: i think it's just you know they they like the alphas and I think it's just an alpha style. Okay. We got, we got the, we got a, yet another personality reboot for Jesse Camilla though. And I just like this poor girl has to be <laughs> six ways to confuse. Cause it's obvious they see some athletic talent in her. They just can't, fi- they can't find a gimmick that well, works for them. Well, they can't together. ever
0: settle in on a gimmick with Jesse Kamara. Yeah. Uh, that, that was actually kind of what I was going to get to. Um, so then we get Bronson Reed versus Austin Theory. And look, Austin Theory's a guy, this is a guy who, who's got a great look. Um, he's a good, good talker. I like Bronson Reed. I think Bronson Reed is fine. Um. Bronson Reed's got a limited upside guy, uh, you know, uh, in, and... Well, I think he's got a place, and like, can you know, certainly progress a little bit further from where he's at now to being a really nice transitional, or not even transitional, a really nice mid card champion. Austin Theory, in theory, um, is a guy you can have higher and longer term aspirations for, and so having uh, Bronson Reed just annihilate Austin Theory twice here, I, I thought it was a, t- a tremendous mistake. My hope is that Johnny Gargano is going to take Austin Theory under his wing.
1: I thought when he quit, I thought we'd probably see him as a replacement for somebody in Retribution. I Or I thought he'd appear on Friday as Seth's new <laughs> protege. because Again? Well, because that would make sense.
0: No, I, okay, so it would make sense to have him come out and attack Murphy. Yes, that's um, what and I And try meant. to get back into Rollins' Raw, good graces, too. Yeah, um, obviously, I, I, he could unite with Chad Gable, and they could be the quitters.
1: Yeah, that's what <laughs> I would not mind that team, to be honest with you. I think that'd be kind of a no. I'd cool be a team. good
0: team uh, until until they're losing in two seconds to everyone who's not wearing a mask.
1: I don't know if this means <laughs> this is such a tough gimmick to do. It's such a tough gimmick to have a guy be a whiner and quit and come back and be strong. So I, I'm 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 in...
0: especially when in in the case of both Gable and Theory, they're both doing it as heels losing, and then coming back as heels. Yes. And it would be one thing to do the adversity sobered me, made me start seeing things clearly, made me realize that I needed a change of attitude and I need to apply myself more and that I've been trying to take shortcuts and things have got to change. But like with the, ga- the Gable turn, it's like, I'm a friggin' Olympian! Yeah. Like, oh, well, where's that, all that Olympic stuff been? Um, and with theory, it's just, I mean, it's bravado. It's cockiness. And so, I don't know how you get from there to something better than from there. Uh, In, in particular, too, because you've already got Cameron Grimes doing a better version of a lot of this stuff. If... He occupies a lot of that road.
1: You know... I like Everrise. rise there now at that point where the mechanics were, when I really picked up on wanting them to succeed. I say we give Malcolm Bivens to them and we make something out of this team. Cause I love these guys. I, I love their celebration afterwards on uh, social media. Oh, that was hilarious. I don't care about the Drake Maverick, uh, Killian Dane team. I thought, you know, look, it, it was the expected. Oh man, you really stood up for yourself. That was great. Whatever, ever is making them look like friggin' champions of the world,
0: and that's who. Uh, but, but to your point though, the Drake Maverick grabbing the chair and actually hitting them with the chair and getting like that was the most positive characterization of Maverick we've had in weeks. Yes. Um, and then of course he went back to the stupid dancey shit.
1: Yes, after they. After they cleared the ring and lost the match, back to the whistling, dancing, comedy, sports, entertainment stylings that we've come to love in NXT. Mm-hmm. But yes, put Malcolm Bivens with ever please. Now. Oh, and- yeah.
0: No, I, I, and, and because the ever guys are going to have that fun, personality-driven interaction yes. with their manager. As opposed to being uh, like, the two like-
1: growling... Indian right. fellas like,
0: kind of you know, like the way Cornette was able to do it at various points with the midnights where like th- they would actually, they, they wouldn't just be standing. There. Yes. Uh, yeah. Especially once Stan Lane became part of the team. Yeah. Um, uh, like, like they, they would be interacting and kind of, you know, goading Cornette on further. This is, and there'd more, be a this is
1: more though. Eaton and Conjury. Cause those two guys are, are, you know, they're French Canadians. They got a good grasp of English, but probably not a great grasp. So Bivens could really be the main spokes guy and they could bounce off of him. And that, that wouldn't be that would I think be they're the,
0: better at English than you're giving them credit for. I
1: think I think I'm wrong on that. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think I'm wrong on that. I'm just I'm hedging my bets here.
0: <laughs> um and then we had a really cool segment. We, we've already kind of talked about Xia so I don't want to revisit that. Uh I hated unless, this segment. No, it was it was it was stupid because Lee just needs to murder someone, right? Like, she, at this point, she just needs to be, like, brutal.
1: Chris, the story's about Zaya Lee, and she's in a match with and, and then Raquel, Canzaro, and then Raquel Gonzalez the comes in and yeah. kills them all. I'm just like, oh, let's, let's kill this entire division, too, for Raquel Gonzalez. I'm, and I like Raquel Gonzalez.
0: She was. Unnecessary. I mean, she's fine. She's fine. But like, this is completely pointless into building her up for this match against Rhea yes, Ripley. It's um, pointless, unlike, pointless unless for- Gonzalez is going to win against Ripley. Yes, um, which I don't think. Yeah, you know, which I think is a possibility. You hit it to, to on the
1: honest. head. It was pointless. There's no. It's pointless. The, the character development here is about Xylee and Casey, and and you
0: cannibalize the entire yes. undercard of the women's division in order to get over this um, top of the not even uh, like an upper midcard women's division match here with Rhea Ripley, who's. You know, you know, not the hottest she's ever been right now. Um, and Raquel Gonzalez. And, like, you didn't need to do this to build up Raquel. Because if Raquel beats Rhea Ripley, it's more than beating up Casey Cat, Nazaro, Zia Lee and Caden Carter all at the same time. Because Rhea Ripley's a former champion. Um, then we get to Cameron Grimes. Love Cameron Grimes. Hate this pairing with Dexter Loomis. I get that it makes sense. I get that it's the Halloween season. And we want to have a haunted house terror match with the creepy guy. And Cameron Grimes is the perfect person to do scare stuff with. Um, I just, you know, like uh, Cameron Grimes is better than this. No opinion. Much, um, much like NXT
1: we, UK, which we don't need to talk about. I don't want to. Then
0: talk we get into Timothy Thatcher. And I enjoyed this segment with Andrew. Um, I Andrew Green.
1: This, a little bit yeah, of a throwback th- from uh, Evolve. I loved his gimmick. I
0: thought that this was a really nice usage of the Thatcher's Thatch Can School mm-hmm. segment, porting it into something akin to a squash match. But a squash match with a specific flavor um and like it, it, just all of this stuff worked really really well Agreed. um yeah
1: i i loved this i hope i would love to see green become part of you know that Thatcher gets you know the nice respect thing and becomes part of the heel stable you know as opposed to just you know being the the upstart student, that I think I think that's what they're gonna do with him. I think they're gonna turn him babyface against Thatcher, and I, I'd much rather have Thatcher have an army of killers. But that's
0: interesting. I I don't know I don't know if they've really settled in yet I don't on either. what they want to do with the Thatcher's Thatch Can school. Um, because I think you could go one way where he has essentially a faction, um, four or five guys that you know like uh that that you know, kind of like Imperium, I suppose. Uh, I don't know if he joins Imperium. Uh, it's just they've got different plans for him. Um, as we mentioned, Chad Gable just quit SmackDown, and he would be a, uh, an interesting pairing with Thatcher down there on NXT. Um, but, but I like this segment a lot, and I thought... What they I can't believe I am saying this. Because if you had asked me six years ago who's a guy or four or five years ago when we were sitting um, at eating Barbecue and watching Thatcher in the ring. Who's a guy the WWE would just simply never understand how to utilize and would never make anything interesting of and would have been like a Duke the Drum- Dumpster Drowsy type of guy? Um, and, and Thatcher is absolutely that person. Oh, my top
1: two are Thatcher and Gulak.
0: But in the case of Thatcher here, um, it, it, they have managed to not only tap into his oeuvre um they've actually been able to enhance it and actually build on the stuff that he was bringing to the ring and make him a more complete package it's it's been a very very generative marriage between thatcher and the company chris
1: what (laughs) i don't know even know how to introduce this what role does musical theater have in professional wrestling
0: what role does musical theater have in professional wrestling, Jeff? <laughs> Why? It has every place in professional wrestling. Why is it playing a minor chord? This should be major. Like, we need, like, a... We, step one, if you're going to write a musical number, you got to start with a major chord. And then you've got to go into your bassy voice and sing. We need more musical theater. I don't, I don't know where this is going. I think we, we got to talk about MJF though, right?
1: Yeah. The people who do musical theater are very talented people. Musical theater as an art form is hit or miss. <laughs> my, 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 most of my nightmares about musical theater are, are you're doing a improv show and there's that one guy, if the, if the show's going bad, he starts to break out into song to turn it into a musical to get the cheap laugh and everybody's just looking at each other going we gotta support this crap i like some musicals i think some musicals are very inspired i think most of them stink chris i think stephen sondheim is overrated <laughs> i like some of andrew lloyd weber i think les miz is fantastic i think there are some genre uh Rebelling ones like Avenue Q and Twenty Fifth Annual Putnam Avenue
0: County. Q is great. Yeah, a- Avenue Q is that, that's a Twenty Fifth Annual
1: Putnam County Spelling Bee is a lot of fun. The Book of Mormon is a hell that, of a night out.
0: Yeah, that's a fun show too. Yeah. But it's
1: also turned into a lot of movie. You know, it's turned into a lot of IP with with you know with a weak storyline in there, you know, your jukebox musicals like Margaritaville or escape from Margaritaville or Spider-Man turn off the dark or Disney movies on a live stage that basically just do the same soundtrack as the movie. It can move you. It can not move you. I just, I I guess
0: I don't really see a way that it intersects in a useful and generative way. With professional wrestling for anything other than maybe, well,
1: let me let me an continue. opening
0: segment on WrestleMania or SummerSlam. If you had a four or five hour program and you want, or Re- yeah, WrestleMania would be a good one, and you wanted to bury a musical number in the course of the four or five hour show, I completely— get that. But as the genesis um, and sort of like an inflection point of an intense rivalry for your upper mid-card of your program, uh, especially on your weekly television, <coughs> I don't know that I get that.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I... I think you you hit the nail on... Oh, I'm muted. Oh, there we go. Yeah, uh, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. I... I don't want my upper card guys doing this. I I, I want lower card guys. I was going to transition into, for some reason, like every television show that does musical episodes, they all come off as self-indulgent and as a will of the star. Even if the show is built around music like Glee or High School Musical. I'm going to push
0: back on you with one one concrete example. The Buffy musical. I, w- I knew somebody was going to bring that, that
1: once more with feeling. No, no. I, of course, I never watched. Okay, Buffy.
0: that the, the, at him. I am not a co-signatory on that shit. <laughs>
1: that was that was fully self-indulgent. That was, <laughs> you know, Drew Carey got a lot into musicals towards the end of the run there. Okay, fine. I'll give you once more with feeling. I've never seen it, so I can't comment on it. But everybody always brings up, "Oh, the Buffy musical episode was great." I'm like, it wasn't even that good of a show. Um. <laughs> I don't like science fiction, so, you know, at me all you want. Yeah.
0: Please, I, just don't at me on this, because I don't want to have to play defense on these <laughs> these garbage takes. These crap house takes.
1: This is my worst take ever, and I'm going to uh, yeah, dig yeah, yeah, into no, 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 it, wait, baby. We
0: haven't even gotten into Jericho versus MJF, uh, dancer. The
1: Busby Berkeley stuff was fine. It, it's just, it's... It's become a TV trope. And I think that these AEW people are looking at television and going, what can we do? Tell because it's a TV show. Wrestling is a TV show. MJF. I guess, you know
0: who thinks like that though. Vince thinks like that. I I remember the Freddie Prince story. It's like etched in my brain of like, you know, he's watching a movie or something on the airplane. And Vince goes, why would you do that? When (laughs) WWE has comedy drama, all of the things. And I've heard AEW, Uh, compared to a buffet um, that that is not a wrestling program. That's a sports entertainment buffet. And I've I've heard this term used, like, I'm not saying this pejoratively. I've heard this term used by people defending the product, um, to which I would point out to people that the food at a buffet generally sucks. And there's a reason why they have to put a lot of it one after another. It's because no particular dish is really worth eating.
1: If this was some kind of deconstruction of what WWE does and it had ended in, like, a bloody brawl, I would have
0: accepted this. You know, when they do deconstructions, though, they're about as inspired as Law and Otis. but um, yeah. like, It's like, oh, stand to the side of the television with your back turned to the TV and then turn, look over your shoulder, just like those idiots in WWE. Got them! Um, Like, it, it's not, it's not like a deep, biting satire. Um, And then in the case of this, this was... Quite frankly, like it's the self-indulgence problem. And like with, with Jericho, man, if y'all don't see it with Jericho at this point, I can't actually spell it out any further. Um uh, you either see that Jericho is high on his own farts, or you think that this guy is just the funniest dude in the world, and you wish he was your dad. And there seems to be absolutely no middle ground.
1: I saw a lot of people really liked this. And a lot of people in the commentariat really liked this. I'm not going to go after those people.
0: No, you know. Here's the thing. I'm going to go. I'll say about that. Th- oh, go ahead. No, no. Hold on. I got. Let me get my shit in on my show. Sorry. Um. Like. So with with that. Okay. It's fine to say that people are grumpuses who are just <laughs> purely. <laughs> Nobody about
1: us, Chris. No.
0: Just purely fetishes for nostalgia. Um. But what it gets back to is. What was AEW... Um, supposed to be when it was kind of launched when they were first doing a hole-in and everything like that the wrestling alternative versus what has it become what are the expectations of the fans of AEW from AEW from week to week Um, versus their expectations um, and their criticisms of WWE from week to week what made them stop watching WWE in the first place or why do they at least performatively say they don't watch WWE anymore Um, and if the answer to that is because because this is a company that over the last decade has become obsessed, not just the last decade, has become obsessed with sports entertainment um, and likes to say sports entertainment at every single point and likes to mock wrestling as even a term at any single point, then you might be someone who is clamoring for an alternative. And that's what AEW initially presented itself to be. And what we have seen it do over the last year here, Um, it it really, MJF's really kind of a key indicator of this. MJF started off as a pure Classic wrestling heel. Mm-hmm. He was a dick. Yes. He was a spoiled little boy. Yes. He was a jerk, and, and he was privileged. He had a great body. He was actually talented, and that's the stuff kind of didn't like about him. He's a good-looking dude who's actually talented, but he's got all the money. He's got all that privilege and stuff to boot, so he's able to augment his natural gifts, and he knows he can augment his natural gifts with stuff that's essentially on the edge of cheating. What MJF has arced and trended towards over the last six to eight months here is comedy shtick. Um, epitomized perhaps best by the last gimmick he was in here, which is, I'm running for president of AEW to be your champion. Um, To come out of that needing a serious, meaningful rebuild to be- get back to being, you know, Top level heel guy with the scarf and everything, he needs something serious. And instead, now he's sucked into this gimmick where maybe he's trying to do an inside job on the inner circle. Ooh, boy, I can't wait to see how this pans out. And he's singing musical numbers with Chris Jericho. Um, if you don't see that that's a problem, uh, like if it, if it entertains you as you had a fun 90 minutes watching TV this week, great. That's fine. Um, WCW got into that mindset very heavily in the last three years of WCW. It's a dangerous mindset. Um, You need to be thinking about where is this all going? What is the thing that we're doing right now in service of and slash or? What is the thing we're doing right now? Perhaps chopping the legs out from underneath on on future projects. Um, And and this really didn't rise to that occasion. Um, and, And fans who are mad at me or like who think that I just like want midnight express matches forever I would just throw this out here um I spent a good chunk of the last decade reviewing lucha underground because I've been looking for an alternative to Vince McMahon's sports entertainment vision I'm jonesing for it I remain jonesing for it this is not it this is TNA Impact Thank you
1: no that's fine I, the worst for me in terms of judging it as a success or a failure. And you've seen this in political commentary, in a way, where there will be some hot button issue of the day, and a reporter who doesn't want to go on record necessarily with their opinion will do something like, Well, my four year old looked up at me and asked, <laughs> Why why do we need the electoral college in the United States daddy when we could have a you know that kind of Analysis. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. The out of the mouth of babes. Yeah, yes, it's a way of supplanting your thought into your childhood.
1: I showed this to my girlfriend or boyfriend who doesn't watch wrestling, and they said if there was more of this, that they would definitely watch. And
0: uh, That's what they do in the IWC. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they'd love to watch more musical numbers. Yeah, okay, but like, I, yeah, here's the next part. Of this. Let's do like, Miss Saigon
1: and just drop a helicopter on everybody. Suppose,
0: yeah, suppose your boyfriend or girlfriend said that. Now I want you to actually, like, Thought process out like what does a wrestling show anchored by musical numbers look like it looks like well one it's not a wrestling show at that point it's a sports entertainment show but like how do you do that and keep up energy for six months on that um and also like the goal here is to bring in new people new people to check out a wrestling show. Sports entertainment's like a term that we all know and we generally know it is like a joke. Like they when when normies when normies tune into the thing that is on your TV screen that's got the ropes and the men and the spandex, they call it wrestling. And they're looking for stuff that involves like big suplexes going through tables, you know, burly dudes yelling into a microphone saying maybe like not quite okay things. Like that's what they're looking for. Um, that's what they think wrestling is. Or, or Ric Flair-type people going, Woo! Like, that's what they think wrestling is. They want badass. They don't musical numbers.
1: They want, yes. yes.
0: Ric Flair didn't sing musical numbers, Jeff.
1: He did light comedy in his promos, but he was a badass and could get away with it. He was a kind of a dandy at that thing. Your thing about MJF kind of leads into a bigger problem I have. In that there's not a lot of character development that's been going on. We've dropped certain lines like, what is Colt Cabana doing in the Dark Order right now? They're kind of relying a little bit on being the elite for that.
0: But... Oh, yeah. Actually, on commentary this week, I think it was JR who basically kind of brought up, oh, we haven't really seen Cole Cabana do a bunch here the last few weeks. I'm like, oh, yeah, we have it. That was a key storyline at one point.
1: Other than Eddie who has been fantastic on promos. Who are my serious heels here? Because as much as I love Fear the Revelation, FTR, whatever you want to call them, they have been an absolute disappointment on the mic and in tone because they look like they're playing bad guys out there. You're trying to get heat on them by them breaking the ankle of the guys who are going to be turning into the NWO, it looks like in terms of smarmy heelness between the Young Bucks kicking announcers and Kenny Omega doing his shtick.
0: Yeah, no, like let's talk about that part of this too. So you're building up to this FTR versus Young Bucks match and the go home on this. This is the, yeah, because the match is this weekend, right?
1: Uh or? no, it's it's November. Yeah. It's in November.
0: It's an, all right, it's the right, pay-per-view. right, sorry, but like the big setup on this is an injury angle, but we've been building up Matt and Nick Jackson as heels since the last pay-per-view, which is not a very good pay-per-view by the way. Um, like we've been building them up as heels. So when FTR breaks the super kicking Tony Schiavone ankle of Matt Jackson, why would I care?
1: Exactly. Exactly. It, it's it's the, and and it just leads me to think that all of this is going to be because they're going to be doing the too sweet bullet club kind of light. Like Kenny Omega to me is not going to be Ric Flair in terms of championship heft. He's going to be. Oh, you don't say Kevin Nash, Scott Hall with the comedy and stuff. And don't get me wrong. I loved his destruction of Sonny Kiss. I thought that was... No, but he's
0: not about to go back to being the cleaner for real. If anything, they're doing like a satirization of when he was... Which, this is the problem, man. You can't have everyone be in comedy. Like, uh, even in the sports entertainment formula, if you want to go, oh, it's a sports entertainment show. Sports entertainment shows have never been this reliant on wacky zany in terms of ratio.
1: And that's the weird thing here. Is, and you had uh, Orange Cassie doing the old Bill Belichick on Cincinnati gag, which nobody who doesn't watch football.
0: Right. Yeah, no, I, I knew that was a reference, but I didn't understand. Like, I, okay, here's what I liked about it. Okay,
1: let me, give you con- th- let me give you context of it in case you don't know
0: what it was okay. or
1: for the listeners who don't know what it was.
0: Okay, th- that'd be good.
1: The New England Patriots lost a game. I don't know who it was, too. It might have been Jacksonville, as a matter of fact. But they lost the game. And when asked about it at the press conference, Bill Belichick, who is a, a known cranky ass in his press conferences because he just doesn't suffer fools and also doesn't want to give anybody any information, the only answer he gave after the loss is we're on to Cincinnati. We're on to Cincinnati.
0: And what what way do you, demonst- what you think
1: of the offense today? We're on to Cincinnati. That was the only, and that's what Orange Cassidy did in this thing.
0: And it's a way of illustrating exasperation while being terse. In the case of Orange Cassidy, he needs to be terse and show frustration and do it all with a limited vocabulary. So I get that it was fine. Uh, but to your point i knew it was a reference and did i knew it was like a sports reference obviously we're on to cincinnati like, like it wouldn't make a sense in any other context but i didn't like it had been so so long since i'd seen that it's not etched in my brain like like let's say allen iverson talking about practice
1: yeah and that that's what yeah <laughs> although the one ma- the one thing i really really dug on this show i loved I thought the Jungle Boy Wardlow match was everything it should have been.
0: Oh, I liked that match. Um, so I know we've been really down on the skitlets. Yeah. Um, and I have no intention of kind of changing my tune on that. But no, Wardlow and Jungle Boy were were really great in this opening match here. Um, Eddie Kingston. To your point, I think Eddie Kingston is. I, one, I'm so glad that like people are seeing in Eddie Kingston what I have seen in Eddie Kingston. Um, like now, um, that's really cool. But uh, two, like I, I love that um, Kingston is essentially like a, a bigger, tougher version of John Moxley. Like, like he, he's a, maybe even a better promo than Moxley. actually he is a better promo than Moxley. Um, and he like sells the, the wolf tickets,
1: and that's what I love about him. He's the one guy that I take seriously in terms of cutting a promo. And I think going back to your point, I think that's a feature and not a bug. I think they want they want just the one serious angle to make you go, okay, that other stuff's fake, but this is real. But I think it's backfiring on them.
0: No, it's it's dragging down the main angle. Um, like so. When I think back about Lucha Underground and what I liked about Lucha Underground and where AEW is falling short, like the, the contrast that I do in my head is that Lucha Underground, this is definitely not, I'm, you can sit pick nits with me about like where they get, got inconsistent. I'm aware of all of it. But like what they did well for seasons one, season two is yes, they had, they, they built a world Things were consistent within that world, but that world was inconsistent with the world that we all live in. So different things can happen inside of that world. Whereas AEW, some stuff's serious, some stuff's comedy, some stuff has like spooky uki angles to it. Um, other stuff is spooky ooky but it's actually kind of comedy, like the Dark Order. Um, like, like it's, I, I, I mean, even the Dark Order is a good example. Dark Order started off as a serious thing, and now it's degenerated into a co- comedy thing. Um like there is no consistency in this world. Um and so when a, a decent chunk of this show is driven by comedy stuff, it's hard to know what's comedy and what's jokey. Yeah. I... <laughs> Sorry,
1: I had yeah, I thought I thought you were going further on that. I'm- no,
0: well, I got you know, give you a guy like Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks are really great. I love Ricky Starks. I think Ricky Starks is a, is, is a good level talent, a high level talent. Um, but like Ricky, one week is a serious guy. Um, you know, body Donna, which is not a word. That entire um, but, Taz crew is inconsistent. Right, right, and, and the inconsistency. What happens? Kind of coin a term for this is a lowest common denominator effect. And the lowest common denominator in sports entertainment, professional wrestling, whatever you want to call it, is funny. Um, everyone can do pratfalls in wrestling. They, they they practice to do bumps and stuff. So they can always get back to funny. Um, but, you know, it's that line. Funny isn't money. Where does that come from? It's not like if you do one funny match, you'll never work again. You'll be destitute and in the poorhouse. It's that if a company runs funny stuff, it kind of exclusively what you end up with like, like Chikara and there's a reason why Chikara never got a national TV contract. Probably a few reasons.
1: Probably right, a few reasons. Cause I thought they'd be All perfect. Right. On well, now more, I know
0: even more. You get what I'm saying though. Like yes. it, AEW, WWE, these are shows that want to keep like a TV contract. Um, And I think they'd be putting that in peril if everything was, you know, pee jokes every week. Yeah. Lord knows? Vince wants to test that.
1: You know, men who watch wrestling want to watch ass kickers talk trash children who want to watch wrestling want to laugh and clap at the funny characters. I, I think I, that's just my opinion.
0: I've- and I think the intersection there between the older audience and the younger audience is that I remember being a young kid gawking at all these strange people on the screen. Like these people who seemed like they were from, you know, um, n- not just like distant lands in other countries, but like, you know, distant places, like, you know, <laughs> Glacier, where is he from? Well, see, that's interesting.
1: <laughs> uh, no, because I want to go into a little bit about this because it's a generational thing. Like for me, watching these burly men talking about making guys bleed and breaking arms and stuff like that, to me, it felt like I was watching, and I really was. I was watching something I shouldn't be watching. You know, I, there's that element yeah, of sure, danger sure. type thing. Yeah. Whereas you come in in the attitude era, and it's you know, it's you know. It's it's spectacular stunts and guys in flashy costumes and gimmicks and stuff. So
0: yeah, I mean, shit. It's it's Kevin Sullivan as the taskmaster, like the evil Hulk Hogan gimmick, and, and the Dungeon of Doom and stuff. I mean, Jimmy Hart, like it, it, these people who, like I, you know, I I remember I'd go like, what does Jimmy Hart's closet look like? Um, as a kid, uh, it, like <laughs> that's that's the sort of stuff that like. I, I don't know. I think good wrestling sort of, it kind of makes you, it whisks you away a little bit. Um, but I'm with you too. Like I also liked, uh, I mean, I like the element of da- The other thing I liked about wrestling, um, and I think as a kid or as an adult, um, this is the thing that people like is it's a, at its best, a wrestling program feels like a, a place where anything can happen or like, not anything, like, not like it's gonna like a musical, like, <laughs> not a musical, not a friggin' musical. But, like, you know, like, I don't know, some crazy boxer might show up and just start, like, knocking out everyone in the main event. Like, that, that, that in wrestling, that can happen.
1: What's the worst musical you've ever seen?
0: Um, dude. And I don't mean, like, a
1: middle school production of a good musical. I, I just mean, like, one where you go, this story is just stupid. <laughs> Why am I watching this? I don't
0: think Tommy is that good of a story. I think as a rock opera, it's pretty
1: good. I think as a Broadway show, it lacks quite a yeah. bit.
0: Yeah, yeah. no, I, I don't think it's a very good story. Oh, um, I'll, I, tell you, I'll
1: tell you the one I, I, I was thinking of was because uh, I was dragging Sondheim. Assassins is such a terrible musical. It's, it's basically musical vignettes about people who tried to kill presidents. As a musical...
0: Yeah, who who couldn't get into the deeply sympathetic story of James A. Garfield's assassin?
1: Yeah, I tried to get a government job, and you said no, so I went to the train station and killed you. You know, Squeaky Fromm isn't exactly a, <laughs> a sympathetic character. All right, I'm done complaining. <laughs> I, 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 I'm just hoping for a better week. I, I'm probably not going to watch this pay-per-view live, because I don't have a podcast to do afterwards, but if you do... Tell me what you thought of it. Tell me what I should watch. Chris, plug your stuff.
0: Uh, yeah. So my other show is called don't worry about the government. You can find it over at don't worry. TV uh, on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Spotify. Um, all, all of those fine places. And you can find, uh, my shows Twitter at DWATG. Um, I, I guess, you know, we, we have a Patreon. We, we just don't do it very often. Um, but, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash Shake Them Ropes. Um, check us out over there, and uh, yeah, that that. Oh,
1: the can... Oz TV show had a musical episode.
0: That one was god awful. Oh, uh, oh, this I forgot that they the... made an Oz spinoff. No, it wasn't a spinoff. Oh, no, it was oh a, no! You're talking about you're talking about oh, uh, it's the prison show. The
1: prison show. had Oh my a, god!
0: They made a musical in the sh- oh,
1: la, in the last season. They had a musical one, and it's weird and campy, and it's just kind of like you're watching it, and you're watching like J.K. Simmons do certain. Uh, yeah, it, it, it was it didn't work. It was it, it was ambitious at the time, but you're just watching. I watched it now, and it's like cringe. Anyways, you can follow me at Crab Game13, you can follow him at Chris November, you can just follow the show at Shake Them Ropes. We'll try and do better next week. Thanks once again to my bookie. Use code Ropes, double your first deposit. Chris, I'll give you the last word.
0: I don't need to do better, they need to do better.